Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a longtime member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go. worship you in this place father this is your church father we worship you we worship you father we give you glory Holy Spirit we ask that you would move in this place and in this service Holy Spirit I pray that you would speak to the spirits of men and women that we would hear from heaven and that God it would set a fire ablaze on the inside I thank you that there is a hunger that is stirring that is unquenchable I thank you father that this is the hour that the focus and the clarity of the time become so revealed within our hearts that all the distractions and everything that pulls us here and there becomes quiet I thank you father that we are so in love with you and we give you all the praise in Jesus name and everyone said amen amen as you've been hearing churches looking a little bit different feeling a little bit different and the reason being is because God wants to be known and wants to be revealed amen this is the hour uh, you can fade it out thank you he wants to be revealed in this hour and I don't care if you're old or young this is the time we live in a time, and you've heard us say this before, but let me first say this. Can you sense the time? Can you sense what time it is? And if you've not been here while I've said this, let me proclaim it loudly and boldly. Jesus is coming soon. He's at the door. And he's coming back for a glorious church. One that is so eager. And the waiting is coming. Not caught by surprise. But one that is saying, Jesus, come quickly. And this is the hour that we're in. And you might say, how do we know this? It's because Jesus has told us. He says, you'll know the season and the hour. 
Have you been outside in the springtime of the year and there's, there's just something that you sense. It's like spring is here. I can just feel it. I feel it in my bones. I can just, it's here. And you might still even see snow on the ground, but you can sense it. I'm telling you, if you're aware of the spirit man on the inside, you can sense that Jesus is coming soon. We live in a culture that is trying to tell us at every turn that God does not exist. We live in a time where the government tells us that God is not necessary. And Jesus said, this is what it's going to look like in that hour when I come. And when he said in that hour, he says, I will reveal myself. I'll make myself known. There will be no question. Amen. And I find it ironic. I've, I've made this statement before. When you look at the scripture, nobody in the word of God could sit there and say in the moment and saying, this is Bible history happening and unfolding right before our eyes. Because they were just living life. The things that were happening in the culture, the things that were happening in the government, it was just everyday life. And then we now, as the church gone by, or the church of today. We've got the history and the record of what God was doing. But we live in a unique time that no one has ever lived before. And that is, is that the, the hour that we live, Jesus said, this is what it will look like. And as I said, if you're even half awake spiritually, you can sense this is the time. And this is the hour. He's moving. And there's things that are taking place, like I said, that you can look back and say, or see it, and say, this is that. You've heard me say it just recently, that there was a TV series that I had been watching, and I, I encourage you all to watch it. I said, there's a, a series called The Chosen, and it's a series about the life of Jesus. And if you watch, obviously there's liberties that they take. But if you'll begin to watch it, you'll begin to find the Jesus that you know in that story. And there have been a number of moments that I've been watching and I begin to weep because I know that Jesus. And God's stirring the hearts of his church. Not to just know about him, but to know him. That he's more real than anything. In this culture that God's beginning to stir up this awareness of who Jesus is. Even through the media and television. We're starting to see an awakening hit this nation. Revival sweeping this nation. And it's not just happening here. It's happening around the world. People are gathering and are hungry to get in his presence. Just waiting to get into his presence. And I'm telling you, church, we, Genesee Valley Church, have been praying for weeks and months and years for an awakening. And this is what we are praying for. 
What is happening is a result of our prayers and the prayers of so many others. And I am not willing to watch what happens down the road in other states or other nations and say, God, that's wonderful. God's doing it here. I said, God's doing it here. Because we have sown seed into an awakening that is exploding around the world right now. And therefore, if we've sown into it, we will reap it. It's our heritage. It's our reward. It's our harvest. It's the hour and it's the time. Amen? I was listening to some testimonies concerning the Asbury uh, revival that's going down there in Kentucky. And there were individuals that they were say they were sitting out on the lawn just being a part of what was going on. And people were saying, man, we would be, be getting hungry and thinking, man, we need to go get food. And food would just show up. Food trucks would just come and start feeding people. I'm talking about days of the book of Acts happening right now. Where God's moving. And then in the midst of all the things that are going on, the wars and the rumors of wars and the revivals that are taking place around the world, all of a sudden there's a timely movie that comes out called Jesus Revolution. How many of you went and seen that movie? Raise your hand. If you have not seen it, go see it. It will light a fire on the inside of you. It was during a time where there was an upheaval in the culture of our nation like there is right now. And there are young people that were saying there's got to be more. And if you don't know anything about that era, it was the sexual revolution, the drug revolution. And in that movie, they even make this statement. The reason why people are searching for and turning to drugs is because in the midst of it, they're looking for God. They're looking for Him. They don't know how to get to Him, but they're looking for Him. But they're hungry for more. And that's the exact hour that we're in now. People are hungry for more. As I was thinking about it this morning, as my wife made mention of it, I started to think during that, that culture, you know, it was the hippie movement. And there is so much of a stigma concerning the hippie movement, you know, and they just kind of lived off the land, you know, wild and free. You know, they didn't have responsibilities or obligations, and everybody can look at the hippies and say, boy, they're just a whole bunch of lazy people. Here's one thing that I can say. They were a whole bunch of people that weren't distracted by this and by that and going here and going there. They had one focus, and it was, I want more of Jesus. I'm telling you, that's the hour that we're coming back where God's raising up a spiritual hippie, if you will. It says, I don't want anything else. I just want Jesus. That's all that matters. In that movie, there was a line that was made, and he says this. He says, what will it take for you to become desperate? That's my question for you this morning. What will it take for you to become desperate for God? You're searching for Him, and you just don't know it. You're running after this and after that. And it's simply because you're hungry for God.
And the devil has distracted you with this and with that. And you're running hither and there. But it's all because there's an internal desire that must be filled, needs to be filled, and it can only be filled by him. What will it take for you to be desperate for God? What will it take for you to be a God chaser? I said, what will it take for us to be God chasers? Or we're just so desperately desiring God. God is moving. He's moving in this hour and he's doing what he said he would do. He, he's doing what he promised. And if you recall in the book of Acts, the Bible says that as God began to pour out his spirit, as there was a move of God, Peter stood up in the midst of him and says, Hey, this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. This is that that in the last days God said he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, your old and your young, they would experience an encounter with God. And we are in the last of the last of the last days. And let me stand boldly as Peter did and say, This is that that was prophesied. That God said He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. He's moving in this hour. And He's moving in this time. And I just want more of God. Don't you? Oftentimes we say, We've been waiting for God to move. We've been waiting for God to do it. But don't you realize that we've not been waiting on God. God's been waiting on us. He's been waiting on us to get to a place of being so desperate. God, nothing else is satisfying. He's been waiting for us to get to a place to say, God, all I want is you. But if you haven't realized it, God has been intentional to set intersections with him. There's little things that God has been doing so that you will run face to face into him. That you would have to be intentional to reject or to deny and say, God, I'm too busy right now. But he's been intentional to say, I'm looking to meet you face to face. There's the scripture that we're all familiar over in John's gospel concerning the Samaritan woman. You, you know that story, right? The Bible says that there was a Samaritan woman that had many husbands. And the, the one that she was with currently was not her husband. And the Bible says that Jesus went to the well where she was going to be. He headed that way and the Bible says that he was tired and weary from his travel. So he sat down. Just to take a break, take a rest by the well. And here comes this Samaritan woman with her water pots. And as she begins to draw the water, Jesus begins to talk to her. And she says, what would you have to do with me? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And then he says, well, what are you doing here? And she says, well, I've come to draw water. She's a woman that has a reputation. 
She's, she's a woman that's an outcast as a result of her history. And Jesus says, give me a drink. And she says, you ask me for a drink? And he says to her, he says, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, you would ask me. Because I have waters that you'll never thirst again. Everything that you seek after, everything that you desire, I have. And she says, well, this well was our father's. And he said, yes. He says, in fact, he says, well, why don't you go get your husband? And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And he says, you've well said. In fact, the one you're with right now is not your husband, but you've had many before that. And in that moment, she perceived that she had had an encounter with Jesus. You see, it's not by chance that Jesus sat there and waited. He knew she was coming. He went there for her. The Bible says she went away knowing that she found the Messiah. But if you'll look in the scripture, the Bible says that she left her water pots and went back to tell what had happened. What was she there for in the first place? Why did she go there to fill her water pots? She left her water pots. When you have an encounter with him, nothing else matters. You are so busy. We're so focused. We've got to do this and we've got to do that. And I've committed to this and I've committed to that. And God says, all I want you to do is have an encounter with my son Jesus. And when you meet him, nothing will matter. And you'll leave it where it lays. Because it is not important. Listen, that water represented life to her. Without it, she would die. But upon meeting Jesus, she found eternal life. There's so many things that we have put on the throne of our life and said, this is what I need. This is who I am. This is what fulfills me. And God says, if you'll meet Jesus, it'll be all you need. And you might say, well, I'm a Christian. Listen, you may have met him. You may have received salvation, but the question is, is do you know Him? Because when you know Him, life looks different. Nothing else matters. I said to you that God wants us to be a God chaser, to chase after Him, but He's being so intentional in this hour to meet us face to face. But yet we miss opportunities or recognize, miss the opportunity to recognize that Jesus is looking to meet you. Do you remember the story about Zacchaeus? He was a tax collector. He was the one that everybody hates. How many of you guys like your tax collectors? <laughs> I don't like mine either. It says he was a tax collector. Never, nobody liked him. 
But the Bible says that Jesus was coming by. And so he was trying to find a spot where he could see Jesus and hear Jesus. But the Bible says because he was a short guy, he couldn't. He couldn't see over the crowd. And so the Bible says that he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree so that he could get ahead of where he was, that he could have a vantage point of seeing Jesus. And here Jesus comes. And he gets to where Zach, Zacharias is and he says, or Zacchaeus rather, he says, I see you. I see you. He says, today I'm going to come and I'm going to eat at your house. For today salvation has come to you. You might say, well, what's the big deal about that? See, we look at what Zacchaeus did to go ahead so that he could have a good seat to see Jesus. But I want to ask you the question, who put the sycamore tree there? Do you know how long it takes for a sycamore tree to grow in order for somebody to climb up in it? It could have been very well that there was a seed that fell on the ground and it started to sprout. And God says to his angels, I need you to guard that tree. I need you to stand guard so that nothing happens to that tree. So that it will grow, that it will mature. Because one day, Zacchaeus is going to come and he's going to climb that tree. Because I have an encounter and a destination that I'm going to meet him face to face. And God is wanting us to have an encounter with him. And he's moving in this hour. What's it going to take for us to be desperate? Everything else in our life, what is it worth? When it's all said and done, when we stand before Jesus, what is it going to matter? All I want is Jesus. Come on, say it with me. Say, I want Jesus. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, I made reference of it. But Jesus said, it's important that I go away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. It's going to be to your advantage. The Bible says that he spoke to 500 people. There are 500 that were gathered there and he says, listen, I want to have an encounter with you. I want to meet you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and your life is going to be forever changed. It's going to be radically changed. Go wait for the promise. The Bible says that out of those 500, only 120 went. But those 120 had an encounter with God. The promise had come to pass. There was a move of God that changed their life. Now you might say, what significant change happened? There were 500 only 120 came. There's been some things that the enemy has been trying to do to destroy and tear down this church. But there's a move of God. And therefore, whoever's come and whoever's went, so be it. But you're here. The Bible says that the 120 that went and had an encounter with God, it says that God met them. And in one day, 5,000 was added to the church. And then in another account, in one day, 3,000 was added to the church. You might say, dear God, there's a lot of seats in here. I got news for you. There's not enough room in this church. 
If we'll become people that are hungry for God, not to just do church as usual, not just to go and seek after a revival, but to seek the one that brings revival. I'm telling you what, this church will be filled because he's wanting to have an encounter. I want to have an encounter with God. The Bible says this. That those individuals that came on the day of Pentecost. When they were gathered together in one accord. Seeking Him. The Bible says that they came together and prayed and worshipped. Do you know that there's two places in the Bible? One is in the book of Psalms. And it says that God collects our tears and puts them in containers. But in Revelations, the Bible says that God takes our prayers and puts our prayers in containers. Do you know the highest form of prayer is praise and worship? And the Bible says that God is unwilling to do without worshipers. That He is searching the whole earth to see those who He can show Himself strong on their behalf. And it says that He's looking for those that will worship in, in spirit and in truth. And Jesus said, and now is the day that God is looking for those kind of people. He's looking for a people that will come together with no agenda, no time schedule, but say, God, I'm here to worship you. I want to have an encounter with you. God's looking for worshipers. And you might say, I don't know how to worship. That's okay. You might say, I don't do such a good job. I don't do like how Doug and the worship team does. That's okay. All God is looking for is for sincere worship. Let me ask you a question. You understand my line of questioning as I go on. But has anybody got any refrigerator art at your house right now? Got some refrigerator art on the door? Maybe if you're a grandparent, you got some refrigerator art from the grandkids. They drew you a picture, right? Or mom and dad, your kids drew a picture at school, and it's hanging on your refrigerator. One thing about refrigerator art is that when your kids are real little, sometimes they don't look so pretty. You know what I mean? I mean, you look, at, you look at that picture and you're like, what was that? Oh, that's me. <laughs> okay. Hmm. And if I was to show my refrigerator art to you, you might think, dear God, what in the world is that thing? It don't mean anything to you because when you're looking at art, you want the perfection of art. But as to me, as a parent, it's not about the perfection of the art. It's about the relationship with the artist. And so God's not looking for your praise and your worship to be all perfect, all melodic. He's just looking for a relationship with the worshiper. He just wants to have an encounter with you. And that's what God is doing in this hour. He's moving. He's looking for us to get past our agenda, the busyness of life.
and say, God, if it means I got to be a hippie for Jesus, I'll be a hippie for Jesus because all I want is you. Amen. Kathy, she's already a hippie. She's a... <laughs> Amen. Why don't you stand with me? And let me close with this. I want you to know how serious God is about having an encounter with you. And it all begins with your worship. He's looking to set up ambushments and encounters and intersections for you to have a face-to-face. And not just glimpses and moments, but a continual outpouring of God's reality in your life. This is how serious God is. In Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one. Now listen to these words. And has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, the separation that is in the law of commandments contained in in ordinances, so so as to create in Himself one new man from the two. Thus making peace. Here's what I want you to see. It says that because of Jesus, God remodeled heaven. It says that God removed the middle wall of separation. Before Jesus, there was a wall that kept us away from having encounters with Him. But Jesus shed his blood, and the moment that the blood was shed, God reconstructed heaven, tore down the middle wall of separation, and now we have free access to the presence of God. And there has never been an easier time than now. I'm telling you what, it's just about ready to get crazy. And I say crazy in a slang way. Because God's moving. Now, I want to encourage you as we move forward. I want us to worship God freely. Be mindful of those around you. Meaning, don't be so obnoxious that you become somebody that just draws attention to yourself. But now I'll say this. Brother Hagin always said this. He said, I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire at all. So here's the thing. I, I would rather us be a little bit wild than not wild at all. But here's what I want to encourage you. There was a time where this we called the altar of a church 
you'll see that there have been some that have come up and began to worship during the worship time. It's not for show. It's just a matter of I want to come up and I want to worship God. So listen, I want to encourage you. If it feels right, if it seems as though you feel the pull, I want to go up front. I want to worship God. Listen, I'm telling you what, there's days that are coming when the worship isn't going to stop. So worship team, you're going to have to get ready just to learn how to go with the flow as well. It's like, Whoa. <laughs> listen, God will anoint us for such a time. And it'll be good. How many of you are ready for more? Listen, I'm praying for you. And I'm going to ask you just as I close, before I pray, what will it take for you to be desperate? I just want Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would pour out your Spirit on all those that are listening, all those that are in attendance. I pray that you would pour out your Spirit, that we would sense the tangible presence of God, that we would be in tuned and aware of those encounters. God, I ask that you would cultivate such a hunger on the inside of us that we would not be satisfied with anything else. And that that desperation would call us to cry out for more. More of you. So I thank you, Father, that there is a move of God on this church. And I thank you that you're moving and adding to and increasing in Jesus name and everyone and with that we come to the end of this episode we hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today and we invite you to join us again next week let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others we encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service you can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.